Hello my friends, Simon Miller here with a quick update for you. You may have noticed if you follow me on Twitter at Simon316 that around about sort of late last year I started having many problems with the podcast and on my end it was really disappointing because the listenership had dropped. Anyway, I found out today the reason for this is that Apple for some reason duplicated the podcast. I'm looking into it now. I have a horrible feeling it's going to take a while but what may happen is you may be subscribed to a different feed. So if all of a sudden you are trying to listen to my show and you can't, please that means it's worked, right? And I've got in touch. So please go back on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, whatever the hell it's called, and subscribe to the one feed that should be left. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take. I've tried some things today already, so I don't know. But this does explain it. So I feel, I feel far better about the world today. So yes, if your subscription stops working... Please go to the Apple Podcast thing, find the only one that should be there, and in case you're having some issues and this hasn't happened as of yet, let me just load it up. I should have done this beforehand, but I've just thought, you want the show that has 122, or no, you want the show that says it started in 2017. If you go into the show, I'm just waffling now, you have to forgive me, but <laughs> if, you go, um, if you go into the show, which I'm doing now, you search for Simon Miller, make sure you are subscribed to the one that when everything's loaded up, it says sports 2017 to 2020. If you are subscribed to the one that says wrestling 2019 to 2020, no idea how it says wrestling, I don't know when I did that, uh, do not subscribe to that one because hopefully that one is going to disappear. It's the longer one that you need. I shall continue to investigate this. It's all very strange. Let's do the episode. Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Show. My name is Simon Miller. You are watching a pro wrestling show. And thank you. Thank you very much for joining me today. Uh, obviously, this is exclusive to the podcast feed. Kind of a ridiculous thing to say because you're listening to this on the podcast feed and therefore you've already subscribed. But maybe you just stumbled across it. You do need to subscribe. And if you want a bit of extra content throughout the week, make sure you hit me up on twitch.tv forward slash Simon Miller 316. We've kind of fallen into this pattern where it's only once a week, but I promise you it is going to be more once I well there's a load of things in flux at the moment in my life and when they calm down I've got a cool new structure that I'll be able to smash out but look it is Thursday Thursday's the day of patrons which allows me to do all of my personal stuff so this my YouTube channel the Twitch uh, a bunch of stuff so thank you so much for supporting me on there patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316 and all the way from the probably not sunny shores of Canada but maybe it is I don't know is my man Cody he's back how you doing my friend you will yeah, I'm doing well today. It's it's you're, you're you hit the money on the head. It's actually quite cloudy here. It's <laughs> uh, uh, because Canada and England kind of have familiar similar weathers, and um, yeah, mine uh, is is it's not good here today. It's not bad. It's kind of like humid. So you look out the window and it's all miserable, and yet you sit here and you're like, oh man, I'm also really warm. And you're like, this, this absolutely sucks. But I tell you what does not suck, and that is uh, AEW Dynamite, which did air last night. We'll talk about uh, NXT as well, because I know some people get really upset. We only talk about one. I really enjoyed it. I'm not even going to muck around here. I massively enjoyed the show. Um, I literally, before I did this podcast, I realized I made a huge mistake on ups and downs, but we'll talk about that later on. But dude, I mean, look, we haven't chatted in a few months. What are you thinking about All Elite Wrestling in general? And specifically, what did you think about last night's show? I mean, the thing that I'm loving about it the most is, uh, I don't really mean this specifically as it's going to come out, but for people that like to have comparisons, it reminds me of Raw back in the late 90s where everybody had a story and the stories would intertwine and no matter what segment was next, you're like, oh yeah, I remember what happened last week. Oh, I wonder what's going to happen this week. And it's been a while since I can remember a wrestling show having me invested in that in that sense. Obviously, you know, my favorite, the one that's sitting on top is the Kenny Omega stuff because... It's just so simple, and I'm so desperate to see him. You know, to see him go, bad guy. Will he? Won't we? I assume that he will, but you just don't know. But yeah, do give me your take on it because you know you may think it was Pap. I have absolutely no idea. Well, 
I do like your point about it feeling like raw all those years ago, because that's how I feel sometimes too. I'm watching this. And I'm like, Oh yeah, everything's integrated. It's, I mean, not just because it's edgy. We, we could, we, we, we could take that 13, 14, a thing and throw it out. Oh, it doesn't matter what that is. Cause we, we've had plenty of good storylines. It doesn't matter what the rating is sometimes, but in this case scenario, yeah, it makes me feel like, and sometimes I'm like, I'm a, it feels like I'm, I'm, I'm a kid again, but at the same time, it's not because I'm a kid again, or I'm feeling that way. It's because everything is integrated. Storylines are connecting. I can't wait to see next week. I mean, we have this, like, just for instance, um, like, there, there's Kenny Omega and Adam Page, as you said, and just last night we had the Dark Order teasing that, and we've been, like, even on Dark and uh, even on BTE, you know, you have Brody Lee going, you had Adam Page? And he starts, like, freaking out at his, all of his, like, um, I don't even know what you call them, his his peeps. Minions, <laughs> yeah. Minions. <laughs> I guess peeps would be Christian, wouldn't it? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, so it's it's been the, the BTE and Dark. They, they've they've given you a reason to connect to all these three shows, and every single week you're continually rewarded. Even as such as like Britt Baker, she's injured, but she's on the show every single week, acting like an injury isn't even keeping her back, and we can't wait to see her at all out now, right? So it, it's it's constantly integrated and constantly continuing storylines. And as a fan of wrestling for like I think almost two and a half decades now, 25 years of watching the show or watching wrestling in general, I love being rewarded that way. I mean, when, when, when I get rewarded in WWE sometimes and they cater back to something, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm glad you guys did that. But AEW just continually does it week, 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 week. I'm constantly engaged. Dude, I totally agree, man. Like, I really agree. And it's, you know, the way it kicked off with that Eddie Kingston Cody yes. match, I just thought was... You know, because I mean, they summed it up perfectly. Because a lot of people tweeted me after the fact saying, "Oh, I'd never heard of Eddie Kingston, rah rah." And I'm like, yeah, they did make that clear. Like you had John Moxley doing interviews saying, "Hardcore fans are going to love it, and casual fans are in for a treat." You know, I, it's, I don't because so many people saying, "Oh, it's like another WWE mystery letdown." I was like, "No, not at all. No, not at all." I mean, again, at least it was a surprise. I mean, if it had been somebody on the roster, I would agree with you, and that's what WWE does all the time. But it was, um, you know, it was somebody who wasn't officially uh, connected with AEW, which I always think adds a little bit of gravitas to it. But he comes out, he cuts a damn good promo, gets himself over in around about 32 seconds. Yeah, for sure. And then they go on to have this no DQ match on a free television show, I'll have you add, that Cody sort of uh, scrapes through and comes out, the, uh, comes out the other end. You know, if that's how you're going to start your professional wrestling show, you, you run the risk of potentially, you know, raising the bar too high. But they didn't because, again, we'll talk about it in a sec. They had that false count anywhere match too. Like, it's, I, I admit that it's a lot to give away on your television shows. But if you're only doing four pay-per-views a year, you have the ability to do that. It's just so good. I, I That match was, especially after sort of um, Eddie Kingston had gone, you know, I had to sell my wrestling boots because of the pandemic i can't afford to do this i can't it just felt real man i mean i know it wasn't i'm sure there was i'm sure some elements of it were but i'm sure it'd been hammed up to the nines too but i just thought it was a great way to like i say you turn on the show you want to be invested and i was within like two minutes it was awesome yeah um i didn't okay for, for the record i've heard the name eddie kingston but i i've never seen him in the indie scene i don't i've never seen any matches i haven't seen anything like that but i've heard the name so when eddie kingston came out i was like Okay, who's this guy? All right, uh, he's all right. He's a big legend in the indie scene. All right, all right. Yeah, he sold his boots. I heard all that. First thing, he opened his mouth, cut a wicked promo. I was like, okay, who's this guy? I'm just against this guy. That's the thing, right? So he gets you straight away, which is why I think it was awesome. Yeah, and then it turns into a no DQ match, and then we have thumbtacks and these all these things, and Cody busts his back open. But yeah, just like you said, free television. But to anybody who's upset that they don't know who Eddie Kingston is, just sit back and enjoy the ride because man, I didn't know who he was last night. And now I'm like, damn, that was a great first match. I want to see more Eddie Kingston. The guy can talk. The guy can go. Let's have more Eddie Kingston on AEW Dynamite. I think they, I think they got to hire him. I'd be amazed if they don't. You know, the whole story about, you know, I can't afford to do this. I can't afford to do that. And if you don't hire the guy, it's like, wait a minute. Are you, are, are, are you the bad guys now? I, I think you are. But yeah, I, I love this TNT Open Challenge. I think they've really... Uh, they, they, they've just treated it perfectly. And, you know, much like WWE did with um, the John Cena one, it just works. As long as the opponents are right and the matches are good, you're halfway there. And and they've been doing all of that. And, you know, I, I think it's done a good job in elevating people, such as Sonny Kiss last week, and it's introduced new people, such as, um, like I say, Eddie Kingston here. Just, like, just fun. And I think sometimes you can just go, you know what, as long as it's fun, who cares? 
and uh yeah and i think it really it really set the tone for what this show was going to be about because you know i could have understood it if they had thought to themselves well we won't put the, the false count anywhere match on this week's show we'll hold it off for another another week to try and spread it out but they didn't they went all guns blazing and I look, if you haven't seen The Young Bucks vs. The Butcher and the Blade, know this. Only one man walked away from that thing feeling in tip-top shape. Matt Jackson was hurt, Nick Jackson was hurt, and The Blade, unsurprisingly, after he went for a dive, missed and just careered into the barricade, was also hurt. And that's because they just did mad things. I mean, the finish of jumping off the entranceways, I genuinely didn't think it was going to happen because it's just so rare... And I know we shouldn't compare, but again, I have, um, you, know, uh, you know, I have expectations built up from other wrestling shows. It's just so rare to see that kind of thing on Aurora Smackdown or even in NXT. I mean, I think you get a little bit more of NXT because of the whole you know, wrestling war. But my word, that was an aggressive match. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, I, that, that spot at the end was just uh, awesome. I, I like how the Young Bucks continually do things like as a tag team. And I know that that sounds cliche, but a lot of the times they just... They, they, they end a match where they both get the victory or they both make the person tap up with the sharpshooter or they both do the super kick. Like, it, they really elevate that tag team wrestling and they've really done their best to make AEW have one of the best tag team divisions out there because I'm... It's, it's actually funny. I, <laughs> I... Nobody wants to compare WWE and AEW, but you know what? Sometimes you have to, right? And there's very little for versus four matches that i like in wwe i'm not really much of a fan of them. The, se- the second wwe announced they have a four and four match i'm like oh okay whatever i'll, I'll get past <laughs> it. so yeah <laughs> so a couple of weeks ago or was it last week when they had that four on four with the lucha brothers and ftr um that was one of the greatest four four on four matches i've ever seen and i was like how is this happening and i and now i've watched dynamite now for a full year and i've watched wwe for 25 years uh, you know for the most part so when I'm watching WWE, I'm like, okay, come, come on, guys. You know, beforehand, I didn't watch the indie scene and stuff like that. Now I'm starting to pick up more promotions and getting into more things. But for 25 years, I've been a dedicated fan to these guys. And I love I love WWE. They're, they're a whole thing together, whether they're ups and they're downs. And I know, I know you do that great. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I can't help be as a fan that go, well, this new promotion started a year ago. And... I know it's the shiniest thing on the playground and everybody wants to play with it. And maybe it could be just the quote unquote honeymoon phase. I understand all those discussions and arguments, but there's just something. And as, as we talked to at the beginning of the show about it, just everything is connected and I have a reason to invest and there isn't a, you know, a wizard in the sky choosing to, you know, everything <laughs> that happens. <laughs> and I tell you what as well, man, like they do it so simply all they ever do, because again, someone said, well, Miller, this match doesn't make sense. And I say, look, you're making me, you're making it sound like I'm picking sides, but I'm not. I'm just giving you the logic that's presented to me. Yeah, exactly. But when we go to the commentary booth, every now and then, Jim Ross or Tony Schiavone or Escalibur will say, oh, we just heard from Tony Khan and he's put that match together. That's all you need. It's like Jack Tunney back in the in the nineties. You never really, well, you did see him sometimes, but he was just the, you know, the, the mystery power broker. So if you tell me that, I'm like, okay, because somebody was saying, oh, Miller, you, you, you should... Uh, oh, I can't, what the hell was the match? Anyway, oh, the Hangman Page uh, Dark Order match. That was a bit random. I was like, well, actually, no, it's not because they've been bidding that story on their other shows. And I do think they can integrate all three shows better. But whatever, it's not a massive problem. I do agree um, with that. Yeah, but, uh, but then as soon as you go to the commentary team and they say, oh, Tony Khan put this together, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's what he's allowed to do that. So even if it was just a bunch of random people, I'll still be like, but he can do that because he's in charge. And, you know, the, the problem that WWE has, and I'm like your good self, I love WWE. As I say all the time, again, if you're talking about shows that entertain me the most, well, it may be raw because it's just so <laughs> batshit crazy. I'm like, this is awesome. But, you know, this week, we've gone from not knowing who's making matches to some to Stephanie McMahon just appearing on a big screen. And nobody ever explained who Stephanie McMahon was if you'd never watched wrestling before. So it's like, okay, who's this giant woman? You know, that's the... That, that's the differences. And that's just a case where AEW is doing it better. It doesn't mean that AEW is better overall. That's just, um, you know, that, that's just one of those things. So, but either way, yeah, the, the, the Butcher and the Blade have become this really interesting tag team where they never win. And yet they're always invaded, in, involved in such crazy angles that it doesn't seem to affect them. I'm a big fan of them. I really do enjoy them. 
Yeah, the, the, the Miami Vice look that they have. <laughs> well, I, I've been I've been told ever since then that it is what butchers wear. I'm like, is it is, is it? it what butchers wear? <laughs> but fine, you know, I don't care. I think what I have learned during ups and downs is that, and I look, I think I'm really honoured to be in this position. But people will take me at face value. They they will ignore the sarcasm, and I was only it just made me laugh that they looked like they could be from Miami Vice. That was it. It's not like I, I think it's a massive issue. It just made me chuckle. So anyway. big show though too. <laughs> but, but yeah, you know, nothing wrong. With that. I like Miami Vice. I like, uh, I like Miami Vice. Yeah, I like Miami Vice a lot. Um, I also really dug the main event with uh, Jericho and Jake Hagar taking on Luchasaurus and and Jungle Boy. Like it was kind of like the other matches we talked about. It was just fun. It was just entertaining. It was quick paced. I mean, Jungle Boy with a few more years under his belt is going to be ridiculous. And Luchasaurus is just great. Like to to get silly gimmicks over in wrestling, you have to be completely committed to it. And he is. And I now actively look forward to seeing him. So, you know, those guys, I, I did th actually think in hindsight that you know, this match was made because Marco Stunt mouthed off about Jericho. So I thought it was a little strange that Marco Stunt wasn't in the match, but I think it was actually better. I think it benefited from having these four guys instead. And obviously, you know, it ends with um, <laughs> Serpentico uh, getting involved with the baseball bat. As it turns out, it's Sammy Guevara. Chris Jericho hits the code breaker, gets the one, two, three. I think the inner circle needed the win. They have kind of been whipping boys for a while. So now they've got... Um, you know, they got some of their momentum back. And I truly think that we're going to get a big loss for Chris Jericho soon. I don't know who it's going to be to. I think it should probably be to somebody like J Jungle Boy. But I have a feeling that tied into the match here. I think there's some long-term plan in place. But ultimately, you know, the, the, the good guys got screwed. You can never get mad about that. And, you know, you have the return of Sammy Guevara, which, of course, is always going to be a little bit controversial. It always was. Uh, what was your take on this one, man? Well, before I before I dive into the beautiful relationship that is dad and son and Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, <laughs> um, just a quick shout out back to the Stephanie McMahon coming on the screen and people not knowing who she is because that totally happened. I have a friend who got into Dynamite last year and he loves Dynamite, absolutely loves it. I, I may have mentioned this before and like loves AEW, but he, he's watched a few of WWE shows and he even watched the horror show with me, which was which is funny. But when Stephanie came on, he was like, who's this? And I was like, oh, that's, that's Stephanie McMahon. That's Vince's daughter. Because he knows who Vince McMahon is because of all the jokes and whatever and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, this is awesome. And I was like, is it? <laughs> and I was like, so you don't know who Stephanie McMahon is? He goes, no. And I was like, okay. You like Chris you Jericho, don't you? He's like, yeah. I was like, all right. Go on YouTube. Look up Chris Jericho and Stephanie McMahon clips well, or yeah. The Rock Stephanie McMahon clips. And you'll look, you'll know who Stephen McMahon is. And by all in 10 minutes, he was laughing his absolute ass off. So. <laughs> but you shouldn't be the one to tell him, should you? Exactly. WWE should be filling him in. Exactly. Exactly. So it'd be, when you mention that and Stephanie comes on and people don't know, who, you're right. People don't. Because, again, somebody was watching with me because they didn't have anything else to do that night. So they're like, hey, you know what? Fine. I'll, I'll tune in, whatever. I want to see how they fix all the things all the you know questions that they left in the air at uh the extreme rules of the belts and the winds and eyes and all that stuff but you know he was just he was kind of you know curious about that so and then he comes on he's like well who the heck's this <laughs> but, it's amazing isn't it like yeah. you should never have to ask that question who the heck is this i mean it's unbelievable yeah but yeah, as for as for the uh, jurassic express i think it was the best friends who came out geez where's my memory at right now uh, yeah, with Orange Cassidy and the whole thing going on there. First of all, last week when Orange Cassidy dosed Chris Jericho in the inner circle in uh, Orange Juice, I freaking cracked and died and laughed. It was amazing. Chris Jericho's reaction was the greatest. And he came on commentary, and he was just, just still upset throughout the whole night, but also commentating the mask. The, the guy can't do anything bad lately. Like, it's just, he makes it all work. And even this week, he was like, does my does my suit still smell like orange juice? And and they're like, yeah, yeah, it does. He's like, damn it! And he walks away. Like that was that was hilarious. Like and he he wears the same jacket because it's you know it's seven thousand dollars. So man, and having Sammy return after Serpentico because at first I was like Serpentico, why is he helping the inner circle? All right, well and sure, yeah, he can join the inner circle, sure. But then I start seeing how he moved and I was like, that's not Serpentico. That has to be Sammy. I know those moves. And then when he did that moonsault, nobody does a moonsault like Sammy Guevara. That moonsault is so, I don't even know, so elegant. He, he, it's so smooth, you know what I mean? 
Oh man, yeah, like yeah, you can't deny his natural ability as a professional wrestler. He yeah, he's he gets smooth as he's like an animation well, no, he's not like an animation from a video game because they usually glitch out. He's better than <laughs> animation from a, from a video game. But um, no, I was confused by Serpentico at first as well. I was like, why is Serpentico getting involved? Like, do we even know who Serpentico is? I have to quickly sort of go back through all my notes from other shows. Like, I don't know about Serpentico. I don't know about Serpentico. But yeah, you know, it's, it's a classic old school wrestling uh, reveal. And obviously, you know, everybody then wants, oh, is it too soon that he's come back? And so on and so forth. Look, he got punished. Um... I can only assume that everybody involved has ensured that he's gone through the course and that he has spoke uh, positively about it. Sometimes you just have to give them the benefit of the doubt. And that's what I've kind of done here. Like, um, it was awful what he did. And he, like I say, he certainly should have been taken out of the company without pay as well, which is also important to note. But from here, we just move forward. And as long as he doesn't do anything like that again, then he has educated himself, then it's all good. Yeah, yeah. it's like all good. I, it's fine. Like, I don't, I don't condone anything that that man said, you know, quite a few years ago. I, I don't, don't condone that at all. And I'm glad that he was spoken to. I'm glad that he went to training. I'm glad him and Sasha Banks spoke. Like, it all panned out. And I mean, as long as he knows not to say those things in the future, I mean, because sometimes it doesn't matter where you are, you know, and you just got to check yourself. Just don't say mean things sometimes, even to nobody's looking. Just don't say it. <laughs> I know. Just, just teach yourself not to be that way, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. It seems, seems to make sense to me. Uh, what do you think about this women's uh, tag team tournament they're going to run through the summer? It turns out that it's something they want to do yearly. So, you know, once every um, once every 12 months throughout the summer. It all depends on how it does in the ratings, obviously, because wrestling is a television show. I really like the idea because I think one of the um uh, sort of mishap mishaps is the wrong word i just feel like the women's direct the division lacks direction sometimes it's, it's the issue that i had with the eva lease versus uh diamante i think i say you pronounce her name match last night like there was nothing wrong with it but to come off everything that i'd seen and everything that i knew i was going to get i was like the only reason this match is happening is because she'd have popped up last week and went oh i'll take on anyone and these two went i <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that but it's just when everything else is layered to the to the levels that it is I just think it's better. You know, I think it's better elsewhere. But to have a whole tournament where hopefully you can tell stories about women coming together and why they're coming together. And I think we'll get some pretty decent tag team match. And look, you know, every, every sport, you know, taking the money out of the equation, every sport is is there to win a prize, be it a belt, a trophy, a cup, whatever. And that's what this is all about. I think, and also you may get the fallout between Brandy and Ali, as it turns out that she was with the Butcher and the Blade all along. I just I just think it's a really good idea. And it's not something that I thought they were going to do. With the right approach, I honestly think this could be an under-the-radar hit. Yeah, yeah. Um, the first little hints of it were on Dark with uh, Brandy and um, Allie. They were talking about tag team stuff, and I was like, "No way! They're gonna is Brandy gonna make an announcement for the t- women's tag team titles? Maybe?" And I was, I was like, "Oh, maybe that." And then um, th- she didn't. But then it it got announced for the tournament, and I was like, "Oh, all right. You know what? I'm 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 good." I'm good with this. I am totally excited for this. It'll give it'll give uh, the audience to be able to see all of these women that we haven't seen, or like just we have. Sometimes we only get like one or maybe two segments of women on the show, and I really do like the idea of a lot of people have been saying this, myself included, that we should really just integrate the women into the men. Just where at. You know, if you want to start off the show with a women's segment, cool. Next segment, men. You want to have women, 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 then men, men, or, you know, however pattern you want. But just not one sole, you know, or two women segments to get them in, right? I want to kind of get out of that habit that we've gotten ourselves in the last 20 years or so. But uh, this whole women's tag team to tag team tournament, I really hope that it leads to belts for them. Because despite the women's division not being, you know, I, I'd say great yet. We do have some established characters now as since last year, and it's been building slowly. So I think this tournament's really going to give birth to a lot of new characters. Yeah, I hope it does. Honestly, it needed something like this. And if you can't tie everybody up straight away because of injuries and coronavirus and so on and so forth, this is the kind of stuff that you should do, in my in my opinion. And I really, like I said, when they just showed that video, I really dug it. I think it's called the Deadly Draw. Yeah. Also, <laughs> it's like a proper old school name. But um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm massively intrigued to see where they go with this. And I don't know who should win. I mean, maybe Brandy and Ali get to the final and then she screws her over them for sort of maximum impact, which would be cool because then you can sort of bleed right, bleed right off into, into something else. I tell you what else surprised me. 
that we seem to be carrying on the Taz, Brian Cage, and John Moxley feud. I honestly thought we were going to be done after Fight for the Fallen. But I suppose that AEW thinks there's something there. And I'm totally cool with it. And I really like the idea of putting Ricky Starks and Darby Allen in that as well. Because it's, again, it's putting two young, young up-and-comers against, especially John Moxley. But, you know, Brian Cage is making his way too. Just more established um, uh, wrestlers. So, I mean, this was just like a, a nice little thing. You know, John Moxley says bad things about Taz and Brian Cage. They respond. And then it ends with a big ball and Darby Allen gets saved by, by John Moxley, as was the way last week. But, again nothing over the top really simple especially that john moxley promo where he was like look man i said i was going to break your arm so i tried to break your arm i'm like yeah okay cool i can there's i don't have to i don't have to overthink this i can just enjoy it for what it was um yeah just just good and there's not even much you can say about it but i don't think i like darby allen as much as some people that's not saying i don't like him but some people are really into darby allen i i I enjoy his matches and I, i think his persona is is really cool because it feels like it's true to him uh, but I still think he's going to be a massive deal down the line. Yeah, it would be it would be interesting with uh, Darby Allen. I, I think he's great, but I'm not like a, I'm not crazy into him. I think he's just a great character on the roster. Yeah, I'm the I, same. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to seeing him, and that guy can take a punch. My goodness, the the, the crap that he puts his body through. My goodness, but uh, in a weird way, eventually. I mean, I don't know how this how long this championship is going to be uh, sticking on Brian Cage of the FTR Championship. Is he actually going to defend it? I know he defended it on Dark in a little jobber match, which you know whatever you, you knew what you were going to get the second you saw it advertised. But you know, somebody who can take a beating and is badass and does no doesn't give up is Darby Allen. That kind of speaks volumes with that FTR Championship. And what Taz has been, you know, saying. So in any weird way, I think it would be kind of cool to have Darby Allen somehow get that title from him. Because Darby Allen has proven it over the last year. The crap that we have seen him go through, the dives, the coffin drops, the crazy bumps he takes. And the guy just keeps going. He just keeps going. He just keeps going. I'm like, how? Is your body made out of rubber? Like, so I mean... (laughs) You know, I don't know if the if the FTR championship is going to be going from, you know, character to character to character on the roster at some point. But on the other side of that, I, I was kind of with you. I thought John Moxley and Brian Cage were over. I don't want them to headline all out. I think that's a little too far away. So I, I do hope they wrap up this feud in the next month or so, because I really want John Moxley to face somebody else at all out. Maybe even the cleaner. I Well that or mjf depending on when you want to pull that trigger i think mjf right now is uh yeah you certainly would be able to argue that and i I would struggle to to say that you shouldn't be doing that match do you know what i mean he's undefeated they're making a big deal about that now yeah i'm kind i'm kind of um yeah like, like i say it's it seems it makes sense and when things make sense you can do it the issue is who wins who loses uh as for kenny omega man i'd say it's my favorite story in wrestling right now and again, you know, Hangman Page beats the Dark Order. The Dark Order want to recruit him. And who comes out to save him? FTR, the people that are obviously at odds with his own tag team partner. And now, in an incredible role reversal, it feels like Kenny Omega is the outsider. And, you know, Hangman Page has all these buddies. And we still don't know where it's going to go. We all assume it will be Kenny Omega, you know, turning heel. But maybe it's FTR who are, you know, they're just trying to get in between them. They're trying to drive a wedge between them so they can win the tag team titles. Um, you know, maybe there is no Turner whatsoever. I don't know, but it's just, I mean, I hope that he does. I hope we get the cleaner Kenny Omega back because having that kind of injection into the AEW product, I really think, it, I just think it makes sense right now. Again, like the MJF stuff, it just, so it, it, well, or like John Moxley winning the title. So many people are like, oh, John Moxley can't win the title. It's too soon. But the fans wanted it. And if the fans want it, you should just give it to them. And I think it's going to be the same thing with Kenny. And when you let him go crazy on the mic and everything he's been doing on BTE, I just think it will work perfectly. And it will give him a new edge. You can slowly rise him up the card. He should win the championship. He should hold it for ages. He can have all these amazing matches that you know he's capable of. That, to me, is an awesome story to tell throughout the summer and towards the end of the year. Yeah, absolutely agree. But, I mean, <laughs> between him and MJF, though, it's a toss-up. Now, would would you rather have MJF's title shot at a pay-per-view, or would you have it on TV? I think it all depends on what the story is. If he's not going to win it, I think you can do it on television. But I also think you want to come up with a story where he is... I hate the term protected, because I think you should be able to lose any wrestling match and be okay, because we see it in sports all the time. Like the big team can lose, and their streak has ended, but they still you still fear them, because you know how good they are deep down. 
But yeah, if he's not going to win the championship, don't do it on a pay-per-view. If he is going to win the, win the championship, vice versa. But, you know, we've got six months of the year left. So we get through the Brian Cage stuff. You've got at least two feuds you want to get through. Yeah. And it's all well and good saying we should wait for this and we should wait for that. But if, it, again, yeah, there's so many other stuff we can go back to at some point. Like you've got MJF Cody in there that still hasn't been resolved. So he can have his first title uh, shot and, uh, you know, come up short and then, you know, do whatever. Just make sure it all ties together. That's the thing. So that's what I would do. But what they are going to do, I don't know. But I do think John Moxley needs to hold on to that belt for a long time. I think he's as great as Jericho was as the champion. And it's exactly what they needed to do simply because, uh, well, it's true. I, I honestly feel this way. John Moxley is so removed from Dean Ambrose. He doesn't even feel like an ex-WWE guy. That having him as the face of your brand feels fresh and it feels original. Uh, but I don't know. Like I, I feel like they do have the rest of the year probably structured out quite well. And that excites me because when you... And again, if you had told me that Hangman Page was going to get involved with the Dark Order, I wouldn't have seen it coming. But now I love it. I think the Dark Order is some of the, uh, you know, some of the best stuff on television. And nobody thought that a few months ago. Everyone hated them. Yeah. <laughs> nobody was with me on that. I was like, oh, I like these guys. I like these guys. I want to stick by these guys. And then I was like, oh, Dark Order's crap. Dark Order's crap. I was like, just give it a chance. <laughs> yeah, and I honestly, and I think... Have you been watching this stuff on BTE as well? Oh, yeah, every week, yeah. Honestly, there's the stuff with Griff Garrison... And Jungle Boy and Brody Lee was laugh out loud funny. I mean, it helps because they're all dropping F-bombs. It's the last thing you ever expect, and it always makes me giggle. But it is so good, and it kind of makes... I wouldn't mind seeing a bit of that. I know why they're not doing it, because they want fans to... I guess if you say the core fan watches Dynamite, they want their core fans to take the Dark Order seriously. And when you start doing that, it is a bit gaga. But I absolutely love it. And I actually think Brody Lee plays that character better than the serious character. Getting just like the angry boss who's got a bunch of doofuses for employees. But they are so good, honestly. I, I'm, I'm well into this group now. And I don't know what they're going to do with Colt Cabana. I assume he starts feuding with Brody Lee uh, sooner rather than later. But hold off on it for now, because I like the chemistry they've got. Yeah, I mean, I, I have no idea what direction they're going to go with certain things, but with the even on BTE, they've been for the last like two months, they've been doing this whole Cole Cabana and Kenny Omega thing, and now Kenny Omega is pissed, you know, quote unquote pissed off, and don't go near him, and Cole Cabana, you got to stay away from him, he's going to kill you, and he's like, I'll oh, kill me, no, I don't want that, and it, it's it's really funny in that in that aspect too, but I want. <laughs> We always wonder how and when are they going to pull the trigger on this cleaner character as we were talking about too. And with the Dark Order and Adam Page and like, I, I don't think we would see Kenny Omega join the Dark Order, but it could be the final trigger just to push him over the edge. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I, I think so. And that's why that can almost be the, the catalyst for many storylines. You know, you bump into the Dark Order. And I like Alan Angels too. Is it Alan Angels? Yeah, Alan Angels. Like he's... He's just very good. I mean, he's being used as a squash character now. We're well, not really. He had, a, he had a big match, but he ultimately lost. But there's something there. You know, I think Evil Uno Eno is, is really entertaining. They're a good group, man. I won't hear anything about it. I love them. Yeah, the chucking paper at your face is pretty good, too. <laughs> yeah, it's just they're, they're half goofy, half serious. Uh, switching over to NXT. Yeah, uh, I haven't I haven't seen the show because over here in the UK, it's quite difficult to watch it um, for, for 24 hours. But you know, the internet's a wonderful place where you can just watch GIFs and YouTube clips. You're like, oh, I feel like I've seen the show. The thing that I couldn't believe, and I understand why they're doing it because they're very worried about ratings, but starting the show with Keith Lee giving up the North American title two weeks after winning it, I thought was, I'm going to go with the word interesting. I, don't, I just, I don't necessarily think it's a good idea if I'm completely honest. Okay. I'm really glad that you brought this up. <laughs> Because I heard this last night when I was watching AW Dynamite. You know, sometimes I go through Twitter and see the latest tweets and stuff and see what's going on. And some, you know, people spoil things or whatever. And I was like, Keith Lee relinquishes the North American championship. <laughs> I, and in my head, I'm thinking, I don't want to be cynical, okay? For the record, I don't want to be mean. I don't want to be cynical. I don't want to have a conspiracy theory and, you know, sound all crazy. But it, it almost seems like WWE only did that. For ratings, and of course, hey, the great oh, they did, gosh, did, yeah, they did. ratings. But I really don't like as a fan. Sometimes I just want you to do something for the storyline because it makes sense. Adam, you know, taking that North American Championship and putting both on Keith Lee, I was all for. I was like, okay, this is pretty cool. What's going to happen? Is he going to defend both titles? Is he going to defend one at a time? Whatever. 
I understand relinquishing it, you know, for more for more stories, for more of a division. Totally understand those reasons. But I know deep down the reason why this is happening. And you could have just made a storyline. Hell, you know, he he could have had a one-on-one match with anybody on that card. And his opponent for the NXT title could have came out and cost him the title. Easy storyline. Easy peasy. You know, don't do not do it behind the ref's back and stuff like that. And then he loses the title and that still makes him look strong. And that continues the, the feud with whomever is challenging him for the main title. Maybe Karrion Cross or whoever. But just him relinquishing it like that. I, I was like, <laughs> I, I felt I felt kind of defeated because I, I don't really, I don't dive into nxt much anymore because i just kind of there's too much wrestling for me right now and even even in the pandemic i've 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 watched what i like now you know i i i keep it um i I try to watch new japan when i can a lot of people had odd opinions about dominion personally i thought it was great so i mean i liked evil getting both titles but i him just relinquished there was just so many ways out you could have gone and i thought despite it does keep keep or it does keep keith lee looking strong but at the same time, it's like, really? We all know now why you did it. And it's, I can't get that, that taste out of my mouth, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Well, it's just, it's just, it's Boy Who Cried Wolf, which I know I always go on about. But yeah. now you, you have it in your head that maybe we shouldn't invest in certain things because you don't know the logic behind them. Because I was well, like you mentioned New Japan, like I was well in for that, this kind of Naito dual championship run where he gets into a couple of feuds he retains both belts and then sure he eventually loses one that's standard wrestling practice but if you'd properly invested two weeks ago and thought wow keith lee first ever nxt double champion and then he just loses it a fortnight later because he's giving up for no apparent reason which by the way makes that championship look ridiculous Mm -hmm. because nobody had to earn it he just went, ah, everyone should be able to fight for this. You're like, what? No, that's not how titles work. <laughs> you have to earn your shot at the title. It, and again, you're, you're right. It's just when you start looking for the reasoning behind it, it's like, well, we know why. It's because they wanted to pop a rating, which they did. So they were very successful. But I don't think that's going to help you long term. In fact, I think it's going to rub fans the wrong way. And look, the tournament, you know, the triple threat matches, ends of the ladder match, NXT TakeOver 30. Great stuff. Easy to watch. People love it. It's, um, you know, there's, there's a reason people like tournaments because it's a simple system but i think there was a better way to get there and absolutely you know it could have been to crown a number one contender where they fought keith lee and you do the triple threat matches or yeah you're right he's having a north american title match and somebody comes out you know his next challenger whoever that may be and screws him over i that does it matter that he lost if somebody wallops him with a chair no that's the story that's the narrative if you think it has hurt him then you've missed the whole you've missed the whole point entirely it, look, you've hit the nail on the head. It is what it is. It was done for a rating. They got that rating. And I'll. I mean, like, by the time this goes up, I don't think the ratings will be out. But just um, just in case they do, we are talking before they are they are released. I mean, I don't really care. I think like, it sounds like NXT was a good show. And I know AEW was a good show because I watched it. But I just think that Keith Lee having both titles made him a cooler character. He's still great. And everyone should still check him out if you've never seen him. But bizarre very very bizarre to me well, um with, with only one title we can only bask in half his glory now well, exactly right <laughs> exactly i thought i thought we were meant to bask in all the glory and now and now we can't well i, I still love him though. he'll be fine uh, he, he, he will absolutely be fine he's um he's a he's a special old talent is keith lee and i'm glad that they finally really well, that sounds a bit much well i think they probably knew they i felt like they took longer than him than they needed to i i easily could have had a Keith Lee push before this, but whatever, you know, better, better, better late than never, but better never late or whatever, or whatever the thing will be. Uh, I don't really know much else that happened on NXT. I know again that um, Bronson Reed qualified for the NXT North American title match. Uh, I think somebody else did too, but I don't, maybe they didn't, maybe it's one a week. Again, I'm not sure. I, I'm catching up as we go. Um, I think we have, I think it's Finn Balor, Timothy Thatcher and Dexter Loomis next week, uh, which is an incredible triple threat match, to be honest. That, uh, but I guess, I guess the question I got for you, Cody, actually, who do you want to win the North American title? Because there hasn't been too many champions with that with that belt since it was introduced. Who do you think benefits from it the most? Hmm, that is a very good question. <laughs> well, they've been. I guess I have a few people. They've been really pushing Timothy Thatcher a lot since the whole separation with Matt Riddle and him going up to the main show. So there's something there with him um definitely finn balor because ever since he came back to nxt you know you gotta capitalize on this i mean 
we we, we got to give him something. He's the prince after all. We got to make this push because Finn Balor again. Even though he's back in NXT, he's put on great matches. But we need. I, I mean, maybe I maybe I shouldn't speak for everybody, but I feel that as fans, we need Finn Balor to have some gold soon. You know what I mean? Like he needs some something, some some sort of championship or thing. I don't care what it is. Just make me have a good storyline and make him have that. You know. But it could be – I mean, we could have Johnny Gargano again. Um, I don't know if Adam Cole is going up to the main shows or not. But, I mean, he's a possible person there. And then, of course, there's Dexter Loomis. Now, regarding Dexter Loomis, if you can – and also there's Killian Dane too. Um, but even though Dexter Loomis beat Killian Dane last night on NXT, um, I – I may have missed something, and if you can please educate me, because I have no idea who Dexter Loomis is. My first appearance <laughs> of Dexter Loomis is when he came out in the Velveteen Dream match, when they were facing outside, all the cars that were surrounded and everything like that at the takeover or something, or was it in your house, I think it was. Um, I have no idea who this man is. And I've, I've watched NXT, you know, off and on here and there, and he just appeared out of the mist to me, so... Please, just tell me, <laughs> who is this guy? <laughs> I, I can't remember his story now, because he got involved when somebody else got... Isn't it because Velveteen Dream got taken out of the storyline? Hang on a minute. I can't remember now. See, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm reading up to where I need... Uh, blah, 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 I need 2020. Where's 2020? So the March 25th episode of NXT, a vignette aired promoting yeah, Loomis's return. Yeah, that's right. The following week, he defeated Jake Atlas. And then in April, yes, he, assist, he assisted Velveteen Dream in defeating the Undisputed Era in a tag team match. Uh, so on and so forth. And yeah, yeah. So basically, as soon as he assisted Dream again um, when he was taken on Adam Cole, which is obviously the parking lot brawl that you talked about, and he drove everybody... He drove everybody off in that crazy thing. And then when he came back in June is where he had this kind of new crazy gimmick. And he, I think he was basically shifted into the spot that Velveteen Dream would have had. And obviously we have absolutely no idea what's going on with Velveteen Dream at the moment. I don't want to comment on it until we have more uh, more information. But yeah, that's kind of what it was. But he debuted a new character sort of early June. So I guess he is kind of a new, uh, a new character in many ways. So... He seems to be dividing people, which I find interesting. Like, I think he's okay. I think he's still finding his uh, finding his feet, finding his form. But some people really don't like him, and I don't really understand that. I think at the moment he's just okay. Yeah, and that, I mean, <laughs> feel free to call me an idiot as well. But <laughs> I mean, I, I just feel like I, I missed the boat on Dexter Loomis completely. I was just like, who's this guy? And I, I, I've, I can't get behind the guy. I have no idea. I, I just he's lost on me i have no idea why nothing against extra loomis nothing against the per person who plays extra loomis i don't even know if that's his real name it probably isn't if it isn't i don't know because <laughs> but I, I tell you his real name i got it up here his real name is samuel shaw which i did know because that's what he was called in tna yeah i knew that that's where I like he started that name. they should be using that name that's an awesome and, name come on dude you know now we gotta we gotta market everything you can't <laughs> run around with your own name well, that's they, not allowed. Well, they screwed up there because that's one hell of a name. I, I prefer that. <laughs> Dexter Lucas. No, I use Samuel. Like that's 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 good. I like that. But yeah, that's pretty much it. He basically just took over Velveteen's dream job. Yeah, it is what it is. I, I I don't think it matters that you will go with Miss the Boat. I think that happens with a lot of characters, right? It just you you can't keep up with uh, you, you you can't keep up with everyone. Yeah, it's it's. It's you know it's it's crazy right? <laughs> There's a lot of wrestling out there. Now it's wrestling. <laughs> I do know that you had um, some fun opinions on that eye for eye match, and I laughed at them on, on your ups and downs. Oh my gosh, that cracked me up. But for for me with the eye for eye with the whole raw thing and the horror show and extreme rules, and sorry just to you know randomly chalk back to that. Um, but it, it was just it was popped in my head, and I got. <laughs> I knew, obviously, they weren't going to do crazy stuff because it was a PG-13 show, of course, and there's only so much they can do. But I do remember the rules clearly saying extract. <laughs> well, they did extract it, but then Vince McMahon watched the footage and it was so disgusting. He went, we can't possibly do this. And I was like, oh my gosh. That is a <laughs> I mean, what did you think, Vince McMahon? What did you think was actually going to happen? Unbelievable. Genuinely one of the, one of the silliest things I've... Um, I've heard for a while, but hey ho, you know it, the fact that within three minutes of Raw they'd already poo pooed that 
fallout i was like okay i shouldn't have bought into this at all although i think a lot of people didn't buy into it that raw rating was 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 not good and i understand the pandemic era and as i've said time and time again i don't really care about ratings i'm interested in it from a statistic point of view but from a fan i'm like oh hopefully all companies do well because then that sounds better for uh better for all of us but it, it, people, it, it did, did not. It did not connect with people. That's all I will say. It certainly did not connect with people. I had it all figured out, Simon. I had a perfect way for them to make this right. Hit they, me, man. Take out the eye for Rey Mysterio, of course. Right? He can't see now. Both eyes are well. Both eyes, quote unquote. You know what I mean? But he can't see anymore. He leaves. You know, for like four or five months. We have these video packages of him kind of slowly being depressed and stuff. And his son gives him, and then he kind of turns into Daredevil. I mean, what? why not? Because, I mean, we have Akira Tozawa just appearing as ninjas, and to this day, we still have no idea why that happened. <laughs> but my, my guess for Akira Tozawa is that he's been saving the world, you know, as a vigilante for the past year, right? And that's why he's been losing on Raw every week, because he can't keep up, because his job's too much for saving the universe. The time, by, the time, by the time Monday night rolls around, he's like, oh, I'm too tired, I'm just going to lose. You know, because you don't save in the world and ninjas, right? I have to come up with my own narrative because they don't give it to me. So, <laughs> <laughs> but with the eye for eye thing, imagine though, Rey Mysterio can't, you know, quote unquote, can't see out of his mask. He have it both masks blocked, but he kind of goes like Daredevil. Oh, I can still see. I can sense you. And you know what? WWE can pull that off. They've done crazier things. Treat Rey Mysterio like Daredevil. Hell, he even dressed up like Daredevil once. So he did. That would be a perfect outing. He can learn how to wrestle without seeing. That's a cool character. I mean, Mortal Kombat, you know? So I thought that was a really cool, like, unique way out of that. I think he's just going to come back and say, ow, my eye. <laughs> I, I, honestly, I think that's it. I think he's going to come back. He's going to say, ow, my eye. Uh, but it's all right now. And we're going to move on to something else, which is... Which is kind of unbelievable in, in, in many ways. But it all comes down to the fact that he didn't sign a new contract. So they were like, well, do we give him a new contract? Do we not give him a, uh, do we give him a storyline? Do we not give him a storyline? And, and this is what they came up with. But um, yeah, truly, truly, truly strange to, to get to that point. And it, it kind of be for nothing, right? It was just, a, and again, I think the real issue is that it didn't hook people in. That's the shame. Like if it does gangbuster ratings, I'm like, yeah, whatever, man. Like I can't, I can't moan with that. But to come out of a pay-per-view and not really have uh yeah make a big splash i think is i mean it's disappointing and i'm sure they're disappointing and obviously we have the two the two big um uh, matches coming up next week with drew mcintyre and dolph ziggler and oscar and sasha banks but they are repeats once again that's the thing you know is it enough to get people to hook back in i hope it is again i don't want anything to do bad ratings but i'm not 100 percent sure so the the extreme rules pay-per-view in general like i say there's few pay-per-views i can watch and know that it's bad but still have the time of my life and this was absolutely one of them like just so <laughs> crazy so bonkers so over the top but ultimately i'm like man i'm having the time of my life here this, this is just so i can't believe this made it onto television well i mean yeah we wouldn't be having a great laugh right now right <laughs> Thanks, WWE. I thank you for I, my laughter. <laughs> I, I will say, and I, I sound horrible saying it, and I don't mean to, but I'm just being honest. I do think that uh, Braun Strowman as Universal Champion does not work. I'm just not interested in... I'm just not interested in that character, is the truth, as champion. I, 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 there's just something... There's a disconnect there for me, and I tried to figure out what it is, and yeah, I don't I, I don't know what it is. I, I, genuinely, I genuinely don't know what it is, but... It doesn't work as champion. I don't necessarily think Bray Wyatt works as champion either, so I'll be massively intrigued to see what we do with that. Just strange. Strange all around. I don't think that's helping, especially when Drew McIntyre is so good, right? He, he is so good at um, at what he does. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, man? What, what, what's, what's your take on the situation at the moment? Well, I think Drew McIntyre, given this new persona where he's laid back, and I've been hearing that this is pretty much just him, you know, pumped up to 11, which is great. I'm really digging this Drew McIntyre champion. Like, this is really good i'm he's a great character he makes me laugh at home he makes me feel like i'm involved you know that's what a typical champion does right they make you you know even with your heel or a face they make you feel like you're involved sometimes and he he just keeps me he keeps me engaged and you know what the drew dolph thing i know it's a repeat but at least it goes okay well i got to pick the stipulation well this time i get to pick the stipulation who knows it might be dolph leaving wwe i don't know but um I, i'm all for that but let's you know after monday let's draw a line under it and move on uh, as for Braun Strowman as a champion, I'm yeah, I'm I really wanted him to get the championship. You know, uh, was it a year ago or two ago? Where he where he was on a massive tear on Raw, 
And I thought, okay, yeah, this this is the time. And then all the crap happened with Baron Corbin being, I guess, the Raw General Manager and Brock Lesnar and being him like it was it was you know we got hit with the title and stuff like that. It was it was just ah like you know. And now he finally has it. I'm all for the whole new theme entrance thing he has, like the Braun Train or whatever it is. Um, <laughs> I'm all for it, you know, whatever. But yeah, I, I don't. He's he doesn't grab me like any other champions do, and that's it's it's a shame because I really. I, I don't know if it's if it's him. I don't know if he has just bullet points. I don't know if he's been scripted down to anything. I just know that right now this character isn't really working for me. But it could no, be I mean, working for a lot of people. Yeah, of course, of course. I'm just talking about it from my own my own personal vantage point. And yeah, I don't. I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't get it. I'm desperately trying to figure out what I'm missing, but I don't know whether I. Yeah, I don't know whether I, I. I know or not. It's very very odd. It's it's a very very odd situation. But what did you, look, while we're here, I mean, I talked about it a while ago. What did you think of the swamp match? Because it was different. I mean, not as different as I thought it was going to be because it felt very much like the Boneyard match, just with a little bit of a different twist. But yeah, what was your take on it, man? Well, I'm all for, you know, culty, spooky stuff like that. So I thought it was actually pretty damn good. I thought it was really intriguing at times. I mean, I I, I, I know what you say about Braun Strowman <laughs> lighting people on fire. Like, that's not very face of you. <laughs> I can't wait to see what happens on SmackDown tomorrow. What are they going to do? Yeah. <laughs> How are they going to justify any of this? Yeah, so it's like a baby face monster, I guess. I mean, I guess that's an oxymoron in itself, baby face monster. But um, I don't know. Uh, it, it was it was certainly you know it was really it was really intriguing and interesting, and I enjoyed watching it. But I again, I walked away with a lot more questions than I should have. But I did know that I had a gut feeling that the theme was going to be involved because a lot of people have been talking about the three faces of Wyatt. You know, we have the Firefly Funhouse, we have the regular Wyatt, and then we have the fiend, uh, the fiend. And I I think. I know a lot of people don't like Bray Wyatt as the champion. I think having the Fiend as the champion is still pretty cool. But then we have, you know, I I know with the whole pandemic thing, we've had people, you know, constantly disappearing. We've made fun of this. Like in, in the world of kayfabe, if it did exist, and sometimes it still does, bless its soul. <laughs> um, where like all these people just keep disappearing. <laughs> like they too, yeah. I, I think on ups and downs, you're gonna have to bring back the the detective. <laughs> <laughs> look for these people. <laughs> I mean, Mr. Mr. Money in the Bank, Otis of all people, no word. And I'm like, he is their most valuable player right now. No knock on MVP. And MVP is amazing too on Raw, but it's it's the Money in the Bank guy. Otis should be sniffing around this. He should be talking about it sometimes. And I know like every couple of weeks people are disappearing, but – Again, just a little bit like 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 we spoke about earlier on the show about you know just oh yeah we heard backstage Tony Khan made this match okay cool give us a little bit just don't don't hush their names again Roman Reigns just disappeared into thin air months ago and we still have no idea so like I, I mean I go I know social media and the dirt sheets and all that stuff are like you know they're everywhere to anybody now but if you're like eight nine ten years old watching wrestling i don't even know if you have access to that or even know if you know where to find it so you're probably looking at your parents and you're like where did roman reigns go he was just here title shot and then this guy appeared and i have no idea what's going on <laughs> like i mean right. as a kid i used to watch you know as i told you i used to watch wrestling all the time and i didn't the only reason i knew a little bit of the dirt sheets was because uh my my parents they used uh, they, they, they watched a little bit of it and they would read stuff at work and then I would have all these opinions and they'd be like, well, this is actually going to happen. I was like, how do you know? And, you know, it's so stuff like that. But then I learned how to get into that sort of stuff. So, but if your kid, you know, if your parents aren't even remotely interested in the product, you're going to be lost. <laughs> they're not catering to new fans. I, you know, I will say that. And I don't really understand why they're not. It, considering that you're not even allowed to do an entrance in WWE without it being your entrance because Vince McMahon is worried that you know somebody brand new may be watching and so on and so forth but then to have the go the complete opposite way when it comes to you know characters and who's this guy and who's that guy genuinely the strangest thing ever so I don't know I, I'm intrigued to see what they're going to do to me this has to be a wake-up call to try and start doing new things whether or not they're going to do that once again I'd love to tell you but I can't um, what do you think is going to happen at SummerSlam? What do you think our main matches are? Because we're only about a month out. So we have to start building them now, really. I mean, it seems like it's going to be Drew versus Randy Orton for me, which I think is fine. But what direction do you see it going in? Well, I do agree on the Drew McIntyre, Randy Orton. The thing about Randy Orton is, I may have said this before on a previous podcast, but I, my entire life, I could never get behind the guy. 
never get behind the Randy Orton. He's he's really smooth in the ring, excellent technical wrestler, 14-time champion in WWE, absolutely amazing, amazing athlete in WWE. He's one of the best that they got right now. But I can never get behind him. But I do want him to take the title off of Drew McIntyre because I'm thinking long-term, which isn't a good thing in WWE. But to make all of this come full circle... Right now, we have 1-1 with Randy Orton and Edge. When Edge comes back for that injury, I want him to take the title off Randy Orton, and we want one more title run with Edge. So I do want Drew McIntyre and Randy Orton at SummerSlam, but I do want Edge to take it off of Randy Orton. And then does Drew McIntyre take it off Edge? Because I think you have to get it he back could. to Drew eventually. Yeah, for sure. You, you could have... You could have Drew t- win it at you know the end of the year. You could have him win it next year at WrestleMania again. I mean, I know that might because they they might remake that moment because they didn't have fans. So who knows? But I think Edge taking off Randy Orton is sweet because it adds everything together. I mean, how dare you knock me out of an injury for months on end? Now I'm going to show you. So, I mean, I don't know, but I mean, I, I want Drew McIntyre to continue to be this championship figure though. Like just because he loses it doesn't mean he doesn't get it again. I want him to get it again and maybe again. And again, I want him to rack up some titles and some status in WWE. Yeah, maybe, dude, maybe. There's no reason why they can't, like I say, in terms of pushing new characters, I think Drew McIntyre's in a good spot. Otis was until the stuff we've already talked about. I want to see what they do with Mustafa Ali because I think he had a good return this week as well. And I do really like him. He didn't get his due because he got injured that time, which really screwed him up. But I, that's what I think I need now. I need to get, you know, that big show at Randy Orton match was fine. But now I think it's time to, like I say, introduce some new faces because this is the time to do it. You don't have any fans to boo you and make you feel like crap. You can you can take more risks as they have been doing to a certain degree. But uh, yeah, this is what I would like to. This is what I would like to see. But what I have to, I, I don't know. I, I think it's going to be a really interesting six months for WWE and AEW. Given that AEW show is really good, like I said, when a lot of people are listening to this, they're probably getting the ratings. I am massively intrigued to see what gets what. Not that it matters who wins and loses. I'm just, um, I, I just, I just want to know. I want to know if, because I think they had a good show last week, and I would like to think that consistently good shows result in more people watching. I mean, wrestling has never really been like that. It's often depending on what stars are going to be on the thing to begin with. I, I, we need fans back. It's my, it's my short, it's my short answer to this. But it's not going to happen for a while. So we just have to accept wrestling for what it is. Especially because now, even when I see fans, I'm like, oh, it's so novel. It's such a novel thing. Who are these people in the crowd? Yeah, and I, I know that I know we're going to be ending this podcast in a few minutes. So I just want to have a quick shout out to uh, TNA Slammiversary or Impact Slammiversary. I haven't watched Impact in years, and I had a, a little buzz around it. And I just thought, of, you know, I thought of Sammy Callahan in my head, and I know you were supposed to face him there back in April. Yeah, uh, yeah, and that just reminded me of all this. And that's a shame, man, because that was my first time ever actually seeing Sammy Callahan go. I've heard about him. I've, you know, I've seen videos and stuff like that, but actually sitting down and watching him go in a match and of all the people, Ken Shamrock, that was a massive shout back to me as a fan. I was like, Ken Shamrock, I haven't seen him in years. I know, 50, <laughs> mid 50s too. It's crazy. Yeah. Like, I mean, at times he looked like a little deer in the headlights at times, but I mean, the guy is ripped. The guy is insane. And I was like, whoa, there's where he went after all those years. But for anybody who just hasn't watched Impact Slamversary, do yourself a treat. Go enjoy yourself for a couple hours. It's not bad at all. Seeing Motor City Machine Guns, Sammy Callahan, the new titles, that women's match with Deanna Perrazzo, absolutely. It's great. Yeah, honestly, no, I loved it. I, I genuinely loved it. I thought it felt like um, uh, coming together is a bit much. It felt like a, a, a revamp for, for, for Impact. And I really hope yeah. that they can they can carry this on because I, I don't mind having a sort of company that sits just below everything else. I think that I think it's probably needed for that. And EC3's back, and uh, Heath Slater's joined there, and Gallows and Anderson, and and, and uh, Eric Young, who obviously really does fit in there. I think it will bolster up the show. I mean, this week they've done their best numbers. Even you know the most watched ups and downs of the week was Slammiversary, which blew my mind. But again, it kind of underlines that people are looking for something new. And there's something new in this sense was was impact. And if they can capitalize on that, I will be a happy man. More professional wrestling success is no bad thing at all. Yeah, couldn't agree more with that. Well, we will have to wait and see. Next week is probably all going to fall off a cliff again. But <laughs> uh, I, I will keep you all up to date with that. Uh, Cody, man, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed the chat. 
Yeah, and if, if anybody want to hear anything else from me, you can find us at SoundCloud under Lotus Moon Productions, Facebook under Lotus Moon Productions, Twitter under Lotus Moon Prod, and you can find us on YouTube under the same name. Absolutely. Make sure you do that. Go follow Cody. Go and check him out. And if you want to come on the podcast, you can. Just go to patreon.com forward slash simonmiller316. I'm on Instagram and Twitter at the same place, simonmiller316. YouTube channel, search for simonmiller. Twitch.tv forward slash simonmiller316 if you want to join me live at least once a week. But it'll be much more of that soon. And uh, shout out to pinsandknuckles.com for supporting the show. Got some new merchandise from them the other day, simonmiller.bigcartel.com. And that's enough pimping from me. Enjoy your weekend. There is no wrestling apart from SmackDown, the return of Braun Strowman. We shall see. But I'll talk to you all again next week. (laughs) 